Hey everyone, Mark here with the Jungle Gyms Podcast. This week we're learning all about Italy, but help me out, I'm trapped in the pasta. I need to be rescued. Welcome to the Jungle Gyms Podcast. What's up, Banana Bunch? You know what time it is. It's time for another episode of the Jungle Gyms Podcast. I'm your host, Mark, and today we got a fun one. As you can maybe tell, we're in our cooking school. And if you remember a few months back, we did a whole episode about the cooking school and what they do up here. It's a ton of fun. You should definitely check it out. But this week's episode is all about our annual trip to Italy. And not just about the trip, because I didn't get to go. So I've been incredibly jealous the entire episode. And you'll hear me say that at least three or four times. But we're talking all about Italy, its fine cultures. Uh, along with Jimmy and Don, our guests this week. It's a really good one. It's really detailed. You're going to learn a lot about it. And that is the main focus of the whole show. But before we dive into that, i got to get a few clerical things out of the way. Beer Fest is coming up. It's our return to festivals since COVID happened. So make sure you get your tickets now while they're available. I don't want to be fielding those emails from you all. I mean, I'd love emails from you. And you can always reach out to me at podcast at junglegyms.com. But... I don't have any ticket connects, so get your tickets now, and then I'll see you at the festival in June. It's going to be a, a ton of fun. Okay, so this week, like I said, we're talking about Italy. We're talking about the cooking school. We're talking about the arguably greatest field trip in the history of field trips. You know, they're going to Italy for a week. Uh, but I did want to give you a quick disclaimer. Uh, you know, we recently launched a show as a full video podcast. However... Throughout time, I was pretty smart and forward-thinking in that we should archive a lot of this just in case so I had video. So, this is an older interview that we're releasing here, and it was shot back in the times when we only had one camera. So, you might be thinking to yourself, Mark, it doesn't look quite the same as every episode prior. And I'm going to say, well, the information's so good, how could I withhold this from you? Okay, on that, let me uh, turn it over to Don and Jimmy. Let's learn about Italy. Well, everyone here at Jungle Gyms, we love to bring experts of all kinds in because, in my opinion, it's fun to share that with you. That's why we want to be the cool people in the food game. So today, we've got returning guest, Jimmy B. Hi, Jimmy. Hi there. And we've got a new guest, a man of many talents, guest chef, tour guide, uh, excellent dresser, Don. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Yeah. Thank well, thanks for coming out. Uh, why don't you tell me secretly but the audience publicly why we've got you in here and what you do with us at jungle gyms uh well i don't really know why you have me in here today <laughs> i guess i'm gonna find out you're under duress but, but okay. i'm here mm-hmm. but i'm here at jungle gyms to teach a cooking class tomorrow morning amazing so we're prepping for that today what kind of uh, food are you making tomorrow so i make italian food and uh the jungle calls me and i'm kind of like the uh, house expert in northern Italian food, specifically food from Emilia Romagna, okay. a specific region in Italy. Oh, wow. So Italian food is really uh, a misnomer because it's regional and there's 20 regions in Italy. So there's at least 20 different cuisines, if not more. It's very local. And so I'm an expert in Emilia Romagna cuisine. Uh, that's my family heritage. And it's, uh, there's not a lot of Italians from that region here in the United States, really. Mm-hmm. And it's not really re- well represented in restaurants. Okay. So uh, that's what I do. What would be some hallmarks of that region's foods? So 
there's a, there are quite a few of them that, that are really world famous. So one is, um, it is a center for pasta, but not pasta like we think of spaghetti. It's really uh, egg pasta, homemade egg pasta. So okay. it's a wheat growing region. It grows wheat and it's a very productive agricultural area. And so it has great meat products, great you know, wheat, lots of chickens and lots of eggs. So it's eggs and the local wheat mm. that's been made into flour that prepares this pasta. Yeah. And so from anywhere from noodles, simple noodles like tagliatelle, to stuffed pastas. And the, the most famous one is tortellini. Okay. So you've probably heard of that. Sure. And uh, Slightly tortellini familiar. In, in Italy is a very specific term. But there's just dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of different pastas made with egg dough. So that's one cooked aspect. But then it's also a, a famous region for cured meats. Oh. So salamis and prosciutto. You've probably heard of prosciutto and cured meats and... Um, and chetta and all these things. The p- pig is very important in the local cuisine, in the local economy. <laughs> right. And so uh, that's cured meats is another really important aspect of uh, the cuisine of that area. It's very it's amazing. But there's more, right? I mean, Emilia Romagna is sort of the the quintessential. It's it's the it, the food love Italians like the food from Emilia Romagna in the sense it's like yes. it's the place they go. Yes. They have all the best stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind well, of saying you know, that. Italian foods. You know, they're um, in, in Italy, there's a saying that in, in Italia si mangia bene dappertutto, that everywhere you go, the food is great. <laughs> and everybody, because all Italians love to travel around their country and experience these other cuisines. But in Emilia-Romagna, it's kind of famous and agreed upon by Italians that it's like this, maybe the highest level cuisine. It's certainly a rich cuisine. So there's a lot of butter and pork fat, sure. dairy. So it's a very robust, rich cuisine. But it's, uh, it's like a, destina- a food destination for Italians and certainly for international Travelers, people go there to eat. So, yeah, Parmigiano is from Emilia yeah, so, Romagna. Yeah, par, so Parmesan cheese, the true Parmigiano Reggiano, is from Emilia Romagna, right? Balsamic vinegar. Yeah, uh, balsamic vinegar. Uh, balsamico di, di Modena is right there. So all this, all these, you know, famous, world famous now products are right in that region. So it has all wow. this. It also has a beautiful sea coast that is filled with. Uh, varieties of Adriatic fish that are available not everywhere, you know, and so it has that as well. So it's just got everything. And it's got mountains, seacoast. There's more. Bolognese, Bolognese sauce. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So the capital of Emilia Romagna is Bologna. And a bolognese meat sauce, another world famous thing that's right. from that area. So there's we've taken and co-opted yep. here yeah. in the state. Yep. Exactly <laughs> right, and it's usually been bastardized, if I can say that. Of course, uh, and say not, whatever you. It's like. not really true. So one of, one of, thing I like to do here at the jungles when I teach a class is to show them how it's really done or what the real original version of a recipe or dish would look like. That's something we try to do here. I love that. So as you can see. When I met Don, I said, God, this guy's great. He knows so much about food. I mean, I love Italy also, but it was just, yeah. a, it was just a, a marriage of interests and friendship. And so he came to visit me, and I brought him to the jungle because he's like, I heard your family has something to do with some kind of grocery store or something. Someone mentioned something about something. Yeah, a little family grocery store is what I had in, mind, in my mind before I'd seen it. So we popped over here, and we walked around, and then I introduced him to Lee in the cooking school, and the two of them eventually hit it off. Um, and so Don teaches this fantastic course. And as you can see, he's just educated us a little bit here about yeah. stuff that we don't even realize is going on with Italian food. And so 
now he leads a trip over there. So again, that's why I wanted to bring him in here. He's a wealth of knowledge and he's, he's led this trip to Italy for jungle gyms customers for 10 years now. That's crazy. And he brings people right to the area we're talking about, which is you live there half a year. And oh. so he know, he brings you to all the places he goes to get his meats and his cheeses. And he just shows you what it's like to live in a small Italian town. And um, it's it's fantastic. It's Italy off the beaten path. So it's not an Italian trip you're going to be able to get anywhere else. Right. That sounds incredibly unique in, in fact, interesting. I, in fact, I warn people, you know, before they sign up, I say, you know, i got to give you a disclaimer here. You know, when you get back, you're not going to be able to tell anybody. They're going to say, where'd you go in Italy? And all your answers, nobody's going to... Un- know where they're at. You're not going to Venice. You're not going to Rome. Sure. You're not going to Milan. You're going to these small towns that I've discovered kind of in my life with my friends and my relatives, places that I, th- I thought were really representative. And as Jimmy said, off the beaten path, which is what we t- took as a, the name of our tour. Yeah. So we, we go to like crazy things that you wouldn't be able to find as an American tourist. Uh, one is comes to mind is the Sagra. So mm-hmm. we go to Sagra is basically a food festival. Oh, and so right. every town has a food festival at least once a year to showcase their local products, or it could be an agricultural product, or it could be a dish. And uh, all the people from the town come, and then people from other towns come, and it's like this outdoor, uh, you know, kind of a summer festival. Yeah. But it has a very strong focus on food, so you eat on real plates, even though you're eating in a tent. It's like you're eating on real plates, and it's <laughs> it's really nice. And there's wine paired with the food, and it's. Just a high level of uh, experience food-wise. But here it is. It's all volunteer help at a local town. One we do on the trip um, in the past was the Asparagus Festival in Altedo. And they wow. have a special asparagus that they grow there. And the, uh, every dish on the menu is, features asparagus, including the desserts, if you remember. Mm-hmm. There's asparagus mm-hmm. ice cream, asparagus cheesecake. I love this so much. That sounds so, so cool. incredible. Yeah, and incredibly unique. It makes sense that this would be something that we would be involved with here, mm-hmm. you know? Right. That's amazing. Well, obviously, I, you know, I, I know you mentioned before that uh, we took a little break for COVID, uh, if anyone's heard of that. Um, <laughs> but what's, uh, what's on the docket for this year? Anything particularly uh, that you're particularly excited about? Well, the, so the trip, you know, uh, in fact, somebody asked me uh, Back home in Joliet, where I'm from, somebody said, I'd like to go on your tour, but not this year. Do you have the itinerary for 2023? I said, well, <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't have that. Yet. I'm, we're busy with 2022. Sure. But I said that preferably the trip doesn't change because we find these great spots. We want to keep them. Well, uh, we only change if, uh, God forbid, you know, somebody passes away, sure. somebody retires, or some, some other circumstance where we can't go and do that anymore. You know, the, that's the thing about this. Uh, it's very local. These are family-owned things, so things can change, especially during times like a pandemic that we right. had. So we really, even for this trip that's coming up, it's not 100% nailed down yet, all our stops. Uh, in fact, I'm going to go to Italy in a few weeks to kind of make sure to finish my preparations and make sure everything's on board for this year. So, But... Um, highlights of the tour are one day we go up to the mountains. So Emilia Romagna is the west side of it is the Apennine mountain range, okay. which uh, extends throughout the whole entire Italian peninsula. But um, we can drive just uh, an hour from the valley up into the mountains, and then it's like another world, different climate. And the, the woods are filled with wild mushrooms, wild edible mushrooms. And so we go to a restaurant that they're all about mushrooms. And so it's just really crazy to see dish after dish after dish based on many, many different varieties of mushrooms, you know, and they all have a different flavor. It's really... That's how magical is the word that yeah. keeps coming to my head the entire time. 
yeah, it's, it's pretty great, you know, and you think I've been doing this for 30 years or so. Sure. Every year, and as Jimmy says, I spend a, a pretty good portion of a year there every year, and I never get sick of it. It's just wonderful. Yeah, I'm like, why do you come back? Yeah. <laughs> right. That's always hard when you come back from Italy and you're in the airport and you're like, I guess we'll get Subway. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, you, it's like hard slamming stop. down out of, it's like yeah. dropping out of heaven. Yes. I get to see yes. him like mallet in hand, like, all right, we're going to Subway. Kids. What are we going to do? Yes. We're, we're back in America. Oh, that can be a little disappointing. Yeah. yeah I can't even imagine. Yeah. Well, so maybe it's good that I don't go on this trip just in case. Cause I, I would be the type to just disappear at that and point. never come back. Yeah. yeah. Fake name. I'm, and you'll see me in a butcher shop somewhere one day. You're like, Hey, he kind of looks familiar. You I got know. it. I wouldn't blame you. Oh, man, we tried you. some cool things. I mean, I went the very first year, so that was 10 years ago mm -hmm. or so. But I know, I don't think you go there anymore, but we had that um, liqueur made from cherry pits. Oh, yeah. And See, again, that's a place so that we stuff. went to. It was a it was called, it was was called a, a grove of cherry trees on a man-made lake where the people would go for the weekends to fish and relax. It was a really great little place. And this guy that ran it was uh, Alfonso. He was just wonderful. He, and he had a collection of miniature Ferrari cars, which it's also, Emilia Romagna is also the place where Ferraris are made and where Lamborghinis are made. And so it's like I'm also I'm a on. center yeah. for uh, high-end vehicle, you know, high-end cars. It's it just has everything. It's funny, too, that this that so many things come from this place. And I'm sitting here and I'd like to think I'm fairly educated and worldly. And I'm like, I knew none of this. You yeah, know? no, it's, it's really unbelievable. Famous people, too. Uh, Pavarotti, the opera singer is from there as well. So like, you know, yeah. it's just all these things. Federico Fellini, the famous director. Yeah. He's from Emilia Romagna. So there's like, Amazing. we could go on and on. It's just really a rich region. And it has, in addition to agriculture, like this great agriculture, it's, it's a mostly flat plain. There are mountains, as I mentioned earlier, but it's mostly a flat, perfectly flat delta, if you will, of really rich soil and perfect climate for growing. But it also has really great industry. So after World War II, it took off, and um, and even that was around food. Like so, a pioneering uh, part of the uh, this development of industry mm -hmm. after World War II was the idea of having a cafeteria in the workplace where workers could eat their lunch that they're so used to and not yeah. have to go home for that. So when it was agrarian, everybody worked in the fields. You just walked back to your house and had the, your your wife, you make you this unbelievable lunch, and all the farmhands ate this great lunch, took a little nap, and then went back out to work. Well, the people were used to this. This has been part of their culture for years. Right. So the smart industrialists said, wow, we, need to, we can't stop this, but they can't go home for three hours. So they started this thing called the Mensa, which is like a cafeteria of homemade, excellent food, little wine, and so in the middle of the day at the factory, you could take an hour or so and have a really great meal and then go back to work. And that was just a big thing to keep people happy while they're working. They, yeah. you know, they it, love it. Just it sounds great. incredible. And like a great, a great example of what we hear now is the work-life balance. Exactly, know? right. So it's like they had that from the get-go. You know, right. They started that as they industrialized it. So, so now when you look at it, it's all mom-and-pop industries, you know, from everything from parts for eyeglasses, we were talking about eyeglasses yeah. before, to all these little, you know, backbone of the uh, industrial economy anyway is this little small maybe 10 20 people working family owned you know manufacturing facilities just a wonderful place it sounds incredible well yeah. i quit lucky booked my flight <laughs> um i'm ready to go my bag's actually in the car conveniently i was ready just in case Let's i'm go. interested this would be crazy jimmy you had a great question before and i wanted to feed you about 
Because something that we talk about here is we like to bring in the experts, but I think you worded it pretty well. Yeah, and I think we, we kind of touched on that stuff. You know, why do we want Don on our show to talk to our listeners and Jungle Gym shoppers? And I think it is just the expert level that he brings to this, to the jungle. You know, yeah. Basically, you can follow him along and learn so much stuff from him, um, as you've seen happen so many times with your, with your um, guests. But the thing I was going to say was, what are some of the things on your trip that um, the people that go with you are most surprised to learn, like over the years? Have there been a couple of things where, like, uh, really kind of blown their minds? Or well, everything from kind of the things I've talked about, where they didn't, didn't realize that Italy was such that region of Italy is such a breadbasket and such an unbelievable agricultural uh, place, and it's wild because it has a fairly high population density. So, like in the Bologna area, there's a million people living there, yet there's farms everywhere. So the farms are small, and the population density is high, but you look out your window right in town, and there's a field of wheat right there. So that's like something that takes them aback. And everything seems to be cultivated. It's like, wow, there's grapevines and orchards and wheat fields everywhere, and it extends from you know, the mountains all the way to the sea. It's like that, and it's re really wild. In fact, it's been an agricultural center since Roman times, like famous one, and the first... Uh, um, manual of agriculture ever written in the Western world was written by um, uh, who's the Roman author that wrote uh, oh no, I can't think yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm out on that one <laughs> yeah I'm like no, uh, I'm <laughs> still stuck on Parmesan the epic cheese poet, saying, the, epic, po the, the epic poet but, uh, uh, Virgil Virgil yeah Glad I didn't say it out loud. That was not my guess. <laughs> we might want to check. I was we like, might want to fact check that. That's fine. Uh, send me an there. email, podcast but, at junglegyms.com. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so one of his early writings became a manual of agriculture. That's just how long this has been, this center of agriculture. So people come there and they just, uh, I think that they're taken aback by that and, and the industry as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think they're also impressed by the Italians themselves, I think, that that these people seem to have. In fact, it's hard to go there not to be jealous. Like we're yeah. talking about really of the people because like they have it so together. This mushroom uh, restaurant we eat at in the mountains, it's really wild. The, the, the two sons now work at the restaurant with the mother and father. The mom's a painter, and her, the restaurant is filled with their, her paintings, you know, that are just like wonderful. They own a small hotel next to it, mom and pop hotel filled with her artwork. The son is a ski racer. Cool. You know, yeah. So they just have everything, and they're just, mm -hmm. it's like, wow, these, these people have it going. And yeah. I think from an American standpoint, we always think, oh, America is the best, and we have everything here. But there are other places where people really like where they come from, you know? I like what I'm hearing about the just the kind of lifestyle approach in general, where there's just what I'm kind of getting is that it feels like almost everybody's a bit of an expert in whatever they're interested in. Right. Exactly. And then you get a good amount of that. Like, well, we take time to have these leisure activities and family's really important. I, and you touched on the, the variance between that and American culture. And I feel like American culture just says those things, yeah. but we don't really do them as well. And so one of the things that's been eye opening for me just in the last 15 minutes you've been here is just like, Oh, yeah, we should do that. I have a lot of European family, and so now I know why they're always making fun of us. Right. You know, and they, with love, of course. Yes. Mostly. Gregory. Uh, but no, seriously, I'm really, I'm really interested in that as, uh, just from a cultural standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something you see there. Expertise is something that's really, people, you know, appreciate that. And there's always, some, in every little town, so the, the town that the tour is based out of is my ancestral town. Uh, it's called Cento, and there's 30,000 people that live there. 
but it's not like special. It's just like any other town. I'm sure that if you went to any town in that area, you'd find the same thing. In, the, sure. in other words, there's an expert at wood woodworking or more. You know, right. expert machine, certainly metal machinists, experts at music. They build guitars. You know, there's a you can get your guitar. You know, so all these things and a lot of these things that spill over in our culture. Yeah, yeah you know, you find it right there. So you know. Things that we so American, you know, the Fender Stratocaster guitar, right. you know. Oh, you can find an expert on strats in any town. Yeah, it'll be beautiful. Make an adjustment. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's just wild, you know. And singing, music, I mean, it just goes on and on. People really believe in that. Yet there's, so that people also understand that to get expertise isn't something that you can cram for, you know. It's something you just can't, like, take a quick class or read about it quick. It's a lifetime right. to, to acquire that, you know, and yeah. that takes a long time. And, and you see that, and people have that. And uh, the satisfaction is a personal one for them, and they're into it. They don't really care what other people think, but then they become an expert, and people really are impressed by it. So it's like a great, a great thing, you know. It's a great part of the culture. Yeah. And you, know. and you kind of grew up in the American version of the Italian experience, but then you, when you realized like it all started in Italy and you started to figure out where you're from and you connected all the dots and you right. started living over there and they slowly let you into kind of the Italian version of exactly. being Italian. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I just made a really good connection and explained a lot of things I'd seen here in the United States in my family and behaviors and different cultural things that were never expressly, were never expressed, you know, right. But they're there, and oh. they're really old, and they, they come from hundreds and hundreds of years of, of a culture that appreciates these things, including a work ethic. It's like a, it was always, always a big thing there, you know, and, and you can, it's evident, you know, it's kind of a neat thing. But the balance in the lifestyle is something that you see all the time. There's, a, in the morning, before you go to your office, before you go to your shop, whatever you do, you stop at a local bar, and bar in Italy means a coffee bar, you know, and you go and have a coffee, and there's time to, talk to the people that are in there and most people frequent the same bars the same time of day so you meet no matter what you do where you work you might meet at the certain bar to have coffee with somebody in the morning chit chat a little bit catch up on world news maybe talk a little politics or, or whatever local yeah. local politics or things and then you go on your way sports you know then you go on your way and then uh, you convene later there's always time to go have a coffee and talk there's always time to have an ice cream a gelato it's just a they have I think a really great balance. And the Italians are, are famous complainers. They're always complaining about <laughs> Italy and how it doesn't work. And it's, you know, but, you know, they don't realize what if they knew how any other country, and I'm not picking on the United States or any other particular, but if they knew how other countries worked, they would never trade their Italy for another country. I just know it. Yeah, you know? They yeah. would be homesick and want to say, no way, I like it. I'll take it. I'll take all the problems. Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> it's really pretty good, you know. And they do have problems. There are, like, uh, one thing about uh, going to Italy that you notice mm -hmm. right away is you wait in line for everything. Really? You wait in line. And somebody's actually quantified that at one point. They said, like, the average Italian waits how many years of his life wow. or her life mm. in line, which is, in America we don't do that. So an example is go, getting money. You know, now they have ATMs everywhere. But if you went to the bank for a simple operation, just maybe a withdrawal or a deposit, that's like a half hour or 45 minute ordeal, wow. depending on how many people are in front of you. Yeah. Right. And, and they're just surrendered to that. It's just, that's how it is. Yeah. The post office. That's an hour. That's an hour. You know, I'm, you're going to the post office, you know, you know have a coffee first or have a snack first right. because you're going to be there for a while. You know, so it's, it's that kind of thing. But it's just the culture. Yeah, and they're 
for an American, if you're not tuned to that or not flexible, you would have a hard time. You know, most of my friends here would have a hard time living in Italy sure. and being able to deal with that kind of, what is this weight? You know? Yeah. I am kind of curious about that. Is it like an infrastructure thing? I mean, like, why, why it, is there so much waiting? You know, I don't know the answers to that. Jimmy, what do you, no you idea. Have, a, have an idea of why that's the case? It just evolved like that. You Interesting. Know? Yeah, and I think maybe maybe back in the day when it was uh, more agricultural, there was more time. Mm-hmm. And sure. people didn't really, there wasn't a big hurry. Yeah. But it is really unbelievable the, the, the time, short time scales like waiting in a bank, waiting in line. Or check out at a grocery store. I mean, it's so long, right? To uh, getting longer time scale events like having uh, uh, construction, for example. So you know, I my cousin wanted to build a new house. I think it was like five years for a new house. That would have been a three month yeah. project in the United States. Five years to build that house. Wow! Right? Legal proceedings. Oh my yeah, God! Okay. You know, that's the bureaucracy. The, so the, that's bureaucracy. Yeah. Red tape. You know. So if you think you're gonna sue somebody and get that money, you know, it might be 20 years, you know, it's just, yeah, Yeah. it's crazy. Well, you know, I'm thinking now about like building the house. I'm assuming you have, there's a bit of an art to it. So I'm, I'm thinking there's probably a little bit of that too, you know, there's a lot of that uh, where it's just like expertise takes time. Right. It does. And you compare it to like the way we build homes here now, which is like, all right, well, we 3d printed this wall. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. no one's hands on. And and I would argue that, not that people here don't care about the craftsmanship, but I feel real. I mean, look, this is why I look at Italian guitars and cars and things of that nature, because right. I know that likely one person at the end of the day was looking at this like, this is my baby. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. And, and I would say that that's something we've kind of lost in American yes, culture sometimes. Exactly. And they have that. And that is something. That's That really is something. And, uh, you know, home construction is like that. And they, they always that. say the homes are built for hundreds of years yeah. to last, not just your right. lifetime or less, you know. Exactly. So it, it is a big difference, yeah. That's so you, cool. You see that in everything, yeah. What I keep hoping personally through this show is that when we hear stories like this, that everybody listening is going, oh, maybe we should take a little more time for ourselves. Maybe we should be a little more patient. Maybe we should focus on this kind of artisan, yeah. you know, not just labeling something artisan, but actually take right. the time to make it and be willing to wait for it, right. you know? exactly. And to bone up on how, you know, it, how long it takes to, first of all, prepare yourself to be able to do that. You know, take, yeah. you know somebody... American author wrote a book, 10,000 hours. It's mm-hmm. like, if you want to be an expert in anything, first of all, you have to have 10,000 hours in. Yeah. And those are years. Right. Now, that's years and years and years. So, uh, but those are great lessons. In, and when you travel, that's why I recommend people to travel, not just on my tour, but mm-hmm. uh, to go to other countries, in Italy in particular. But sure. it's like, you come back and you're like, wow, you take these lessons, you bring them back and say, you know, I'm going to incorporate some of these aspects into my life here to improve the quality of my life. Cause it right. seems like it's a little more, rela- it's just really fun to go meet your friends after work for a glass of wine and a little snack yeah. on the way home. And it's only a half hour thing, but it's a big difference in your outlook and it really helps your day. It's really nice, you know? Yeah. So, well, especially when you start looking at your life in a grand scale too, where you're like, how many hours did I spend not doing that? You know, mm-hmm. probably years of your life. And now it's like, Oh, I can adjust now. And, how much happiness did I derive from that? And then in turn, yeah, it's an experience thing. I'm with it. This you is know? great. Dog. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm leaving with you today. Okay. It's well, so, come it's on. So great. It is really. And it, they do it on, again, I keep bringing up time scales. You can tell I'm a physical chemist and I talk in a little <laughs> bit geeky terms. But please like, do. Shorter time scales and longer time scales. So, for example, the work week. So, again, you know, Americans, it looks like, wow, it's Sunday night. 
It's time to do laundry, get ready for Monday morning, go to bed early because we got to work. And then it's all work all week. And then Friday night, okay, you get to go out to dinner, you get to relax. Sure. And so like, but during the week, it's like work. That's right. for a lot of people, you know, and I worked for a Fortune 500 company for years. So I lived that too. Yeah. But I incorporated during the week, like the Italians would, fun events. Like, why can't you go to a movie on a Monday night? Sure. Why can't you have people over for dinner on a Tuesday night? Why would you not do that? And in Italy, they do that. So they also have busy work schedules, and it's changed a little bit during the years with both parents working and a family. Mm -hmm. But they seem to have time for fun things during the week. And then on the longer time scale, here it's work for the retirement. Right. You know, and then when I'm retired, then I can do it all. Yeah. You know, and that's not guaranteed. You know, nothing's guaranteed. Right. So they, all during the year, they're not going to wait for retirement to go, you know, have fun. Yeah. So, so it's the kind of thing that we need to take those lessons, I think, and we'd be better for it. I agree with that entirely. Yeah. It's funny now that I'm thinking about it, it. You know, again, having most of my family not be from the states, I'm now sitting here wondering, like, how many of these because a lot of things you mentioned, I was like, oh, I do do that a lot during the week, and I'm like, I'm very, um, how should I say? I would call it opportunistic, but now maybe I'm just framing it wrong where I'm like, oh, let's do something fun midweek. And I do find not necessarily that there's a ton of pushback, but people always are like, where do you find time? And I'm like, I literally just put it in my calendar and go, that little release is yes. so important mm -hmm. and it, it makes everything else. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. And you end up being more productive with those kind of planned breaks when you incorporate them. Yeah. And you sleep better. I'm happy. You're happier. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and I'm lucky. I have like a, probably the coolest job in the world right now. And I, but I've always had pretty cool jobs, but it's right. like that thing where it's like, oh, if you find these little bits of happiness at wherever you go, it'll change your whole life. Oh, I love sure. it. That's yeah. the Italian lifestyle. It I love it. Cool. It is. I don't have any Italians in my family, though, actually, yeah. so I was just going to blame it on the other countries. Well, but you're in our family so, now. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I'm an honorary. Do. Now yeah. you do. Yep. Sounds good. Oh, awesome. that's so fun. Oh, good. <laughs> um, about the trip, to jump back to that a little bit, is there anything, not a warning, that's a terrible word, but would there any advice you'd give to somebody who's listening to us saying, hey, I want to take this trip, something they should, like, be expecting or other than it being sold out. Oh, is it already sold yeah, out this year? So it sells oh. out very quickly. Well, in that out, case, yeah. that's so, amazing. So it's a small trip, 20, 25 yeah. people. Okay. So well, we're, really, case, we're really just for talking, people in 2023. Right. We're talking about how cool the trip is, but yes, the trip does sell, sell out very quickly. And some people have gone on it multiple times. Yes. So why wouldn't you? It's yeah, that I mean, good. It, yeah. It sounds incredible. So yeah, it is kind of an extra thing or just keep your eye out for it. Yeah. And, and another thing good about the trip is, is that, uh, we, have a base camp. So we're located in this town. And then every day we take a nice coach bus to some destination, be it the seaside or the mountains or some food destination. Yeah. But then we go back to the same town in the, in the afternoon. And it's really nice because you have like a, a home. Yeah. And then you get to, then as you're seeing these other places, you get to learn in one place and meet people and get to know them. So you'll start having a, a glass of wine or a beer. You'll start to know the people that own this bar or this restaurant. And so it's really nice. Or this shop. Yeah. You know? So you get, to, you get to know a town and observe people and get to know faces. And you start seeing how the, how the life moves there. So it's re really nice like that. It sounds incredible. The, the warning I would give people yeah. is, the, is the absolute food rules. And the, so mm -hmm. when you have a culture that's this old and it takes eating and these whole things so seriously... There are like rules and it's wild. So sometimes I bring Americans there and they get hit with the rules. So I'll give an example, you know, uh, one time my parents' friends decided to come with us to Italy uh, years ago. 
they were of Irish descent, you know, typical American people, great, great people. And um, we met in Milan the first night, or we flew to Milan, you know, and we were, before we'd gone to my town where all my relatives and friends live, and uh, the, the notion of eating bread with pasta is like a no-no. Yeah. Is a no-no. And I remember... Uh, you know, them getting their pasta and taking their bread and eating that. And so that's how we did it. And this, I said, I'm telling you, if you that's like a, a yeah. no-no here. And if you notice that they take the bread away from the table even when there's pasta on it, and then they bring it back later for the meat or for the other things. And they were like, oh, that's not true. And, you know, a couple of days later, we were at my aunt's house, <laughs> yeah. and we were eating our these tortellini I'm telling you about that are yeah. just a wonderful handmade. She took all this time to make in oh this my gosh. beautiful broth that she had made, you know, and we're eating this perfectly balanced dish, you know. And my friend, she took a, the piece of bread, and I'll never forget, you know, she got a finger in her face. <laughs> and, you know, of course, she couldn't understand what my aunt was saying, but she said, mm -hmm. How dare you insult me with that bread? Drop it. Drop yeah. it. And it's serious. She said, what is she saying? I said, I remember when I told you in the hotel about the it's a serious thing. So she was scared the hell out of her. Another I one is an equivalent in America. Like it's not that, but putting like ice in your beer or something like that. Sure. You get, I mean, that's minimal compared to this, but you'd get a lot of looks. People are like, what is that person doing yeah. over there? It's served cold. It's not yeah. the same thing, but yeah. I, I've been trying to find an American equivalent. We'll, co we'll come up with that. Yeah. It'll end up in my lead up. So, <laughs> okay, so what's another one? Um, another one is a cappuccino. So okay. a cappuccino, everybody loves a cappuccino, you know, espresso coffee with a steamed milk on it. Great thing, you know. Oh, yeah. That is a breakfast, almost food in Italy. So that's like something... That's for breakfast only. And after about 10 in the morning, 10.30 at the latest, you wouldn't think of ordering one of those. So the idea of having that as your coffee after your meal at night is unheard of. And sure. you'll get big looks from that. You know, I mean, and Would they even serve it? I don't even think they uh, would serve they'll it. They'll argue you. with you. You know, It depends. And if you're in a tourist place like you know, Rome or something, they're used to Americans coming, so they would right. serve it. But in a lot of towns, they wouldn't serve it. They wouldn't serve it or they'd certainly... Wow. They'd talk you out of it, or talk you or out something. of it. And would they serve? Now you mentioned like having coffee after dinner. Would the, would, would there be a, like a regular coffee available? Oh yeah, okay. Uh, but, just, a, but when we say regular coffee, that's an espresso, right? But oh yeah, every everybody has a coffee after eating. Awesome. But it's just the espresso. Yeah, you know, it's the milk included in sure. the cappuccino. That's the concern to the to yeah the, the amount of milk, the quantity okay. of milk. So there's right. also another coffee in between that. There's the 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 um, ma Cafe macchiato. So a cafe macchiato is the espresso coffee with just a little spoon of dollop, if you will, of steamed milk on it. Okay. So that's something that's like acceptable all, sure. all during the day okay. if you like to have milk. But a, a cappuccino has a lot of milk in it, so it's like a you know it's like cereal and milk almost. Mm -hmm. Without this, it's just a <laughs> breakfast thing that you right. that you you know take with your with your and breakfast in Italy is also another thing that. Um, I was reading an article a few years ago about the healthiest countries in the world. And Italy is always one, number one or number two healthiest country in the world. But they had analyzed every one of these healthy countries, what the people eat for breakfast. And, you know, some of these healthy countries are Japan. Mm -hmm. And some of these, you know, people eat seaweed for breakfast or they eat yogurt for breakfast, all yeah. these things that you would think are healthy. But Italy, and that the year, this is about five years ago when they were the number one rating for healthiest, they analyzed their breakfast food. And basically Italians eat. They have a cappuccino and a donut. Now, we would think, well, a donut? Mm -hmm. Right. That's terrible. But they don't eat two donuts. <laughs> right. They don't mm -hmm. eat three donuts. They would never even consider that. But they have one donut or one sweet roll mm -hmm. 
and or a piece of cake. So the, the breakfast item often looks like a dessert. Interesting. Yeah, it's not bacon and eggs. It's never anything sure. cooked or heavy like that. But it's typically something sweet and just a, a small portion with a cappuccino. And that's breakfast for the healthiest country in the world. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that, that you're healthy because you eat that. It means you can be healthy and eat that. Exactly. I love that. You see the difference. Yeah. You know. yeah it's like, it sounds yeah. like a good start to the day, too. Honestly, it's like kind of light, you know, not too. I feel like, again, American breakfast tends to be kind of a heavy meal. We like bookend the day. It's like uh, mm-hmm. starts high, kind of dips a little bit in the middle and then ends big. Too. Exactly. No wonder we have a growing obesity yeah. problem. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's a concern, you know, but and the, the thing about that breakfast is and, and you know, I, I always tell people, you know, when you go to Italy, get into it, get into the flow, you know, become, do what they do. Right. I know you want an oaked Chardonnay <laughs> with your, you know, wine. don't do it, you know, get yeah. whatever wine they're drinking, do what they do and just yeah. see how you like it. Cause you might, there's, again, these are not things that somebody just decided last year. There's not a marketing reason why we all do this. Like sometimes <laughs> happens in the United States. These are century old traditions, you know, sure. so get into it, you know? And, and I, I think that if you do that and you eat this kind of light breakfast, you're so hungry for lunch and lunch tastes so good. And lunch is typically at 12.30. Like the whole country stops at 12.30 and eats this great lunch. And it's just so good because you've had kind of a light breakfast. And you are ready to eat. Sure. It's just great, you know, in the middle of your tourist activity. That's just wonderful. Yeah, and I love that. I think that's a great comment, too, about – because now I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, I do find a lot of people want to go travel. And then they're just like, I just would like home again now. I'm like, well, what's – why, you know? Yeah, it can, travel should be a little uncomfortable. That means you're right. giving up what you're expecting to happen, and you're having to change a little bit. That's yes. the pillows. You're talking yeah. about the pillows. Well, any of it. So the pillows. <laughs> oh, in Italy, I've, you know, I'm already curious. The, the, <laughs> the pillows are about that thick, and they're a little hard, you know. And Americans immediately, the first time they go into Italian, they want more pillows and elevate their head, you know. And so it's different. Yeah. And again, you know. Go with it. Get a little bit yeah. out of your comfort. Try that. Try, try that hard pillow. And yeah, see, you know? for sure. And it, it's at least something to talk about. And then you've experienced it. You know, right? You can go back. Then you don't have to adopt all the things, but you might adopt some. Yeah, and you might not. So I look at it always like, yeah, I love. That's a great way of saying it too, Jimmy. It's like be a little uncomfortable in those settings, you know, and yeah. and try it. I because think there's vacationing and there's traveling, and uh, I think vacationing is you're trying to have a comfortable experience. Yeah, everything's predictable, but traveling is when you're getting out of your comfort zone, and then you come back changed. And you come to a place, I don't tie it back to the jungle, but you come to a place like the jungle and be like, oh, now I know what these, I never went down this aisle, but since I went to this country, I'm going to cruise down this aisle. Yeah. And you see things that you saw over there and then you can yeah. incorporate them into your everyday life over here. Oh, yeah. It's like hands-on education. Experience. It's you education. Really, it's know? an education. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's a great change. Right. And you never know right. how you're going to come back change or how it will be affected. And that's the fun part too. I find the older I get, the more I want to have like a growth experience. I'd rather travel than vacation. Although I'm sort of thinking back now, it's like a lot of our comfort vacations growing up always bored me. I'm like, wow, well, so yeah. what's going on? I was like, I'm not learning anything right. at the sand except right. for whatever book I was reading to mm-hmm. pass the time. Exactly. Ah, I love right. this. Well, yeah. I'm going in 2023. Yeah. It's official now, folks. Oh, I'm good. saying it here. Good. I can't wait. <laughs> Please can't keep wait. emailing my employers to I tell them wait. I should go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's just great. To, it's it's great, great to see all this stuff. Yeah, this, th- the trip is great. I think Gelato is from Amelia Romagna also. Of or? course. Yes, so oh, it's, you know, it's gelato. So it's the world headquarters for gelato, and every, oh. all Americans know at least what gelato is. And yeah, and decadent, rich, yeah, delicious. Yeah. Oh my gosh! But but health, but healthier, but health, for you. healthier than ice cream. Really? So yeah, it's actually another aspect of Italian genius that 
it, uh, the, the way the recipes are, there's much less fat in gelato than there is in ice cream, yet it seems creamier. Absolutely. And it has to do with the incorporation of air in the process. So from oh. the recipes to the machines used to make that, which are all centered in Bologna, Italy, you know, they've come up with like the great one, another, another of mankind's great things. So <laughs> right? I mean, everything <laughs> is from there. You know, the, all these great things that you hear about that are Italian, Many of them are from Emilia Romagna. It's just That's really, amazing. It's an unbelievable place to go to. You know? And it was really off the radar. It's just now kind of getting. It's on off the, radar. the yeah. It's off the radar. I mean, for years it was, and now it's starting to. So yeah. now, and even like um, Asians are coming now, and, mm. and you know, yeah, like, they're like, wow, what is this place? And they love the food, which is interesting because I have a 13 year old daughter who has spent much of her life in Italy, went to school there, and she's uh, so she's you know completely bilingual and bicultural. And Italian, but now she's like loves all things Asian, and she's bored with mm. our all this Italian stuff. You know, <laughs> wow. she's looking for this Asian thing. But the, I tell her, I remind her that the Asians come, and they think that tortellini and broth, you know, homemade like that, is like one of the great things. You know, so it's interesting that they appreciate that. You mm. know, it's so really cool. It is. Wow. You know. I kind of want to come to your cooking class now too. <laughs> you should. How yeah. often do you yeah. do them here? Once a year. Once a year. Yeah. Oh, perfect. So good timing on my. Yeah, behalf. we time it. We time it so it's a couple, <laughs> couple uh, months before the trip. So we usually have a meeting about people who are interested in going on the trip or have already signed up, and then we have a debriefing and I answer questions of logistics and what they might expect. But I like That's the incredible. trip to be a little bit of a secret for them, you know. And again, yeah. kind of an American thing is to have everything planned out. Right. Everybody wants to see what they're getting into and this and that. And you know, it doesn't function like that there when you're, off, especially when you're off the beaten path because. The weather could change what we're going to do. Yeah. A family might have a crisis. So, like, things could change at the moment, which is, like, kind of the beauty mm -hmm. of seeing the, seeing the real Italy like this is, you know, you go around a corner and there's an orchestra playing on a street. <laughs> and people are mad at me. They're like, oh, Don, you didn't tell us the orchestra's <laughs> going to be here. I said, I didn't know about it, you know. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. and then, you know, that'll happen. And the next night it's, Wait, there's no orchestra. People get mad. Where's the orchestra? I thought the right. orchestra played here. I said, that's just, you know. So they did yesterday. That's the wonderful kind of spontaneous, impromptu nature of, of Italy that makes it also fun. Right. It sounds incredibly exciting. Yeah. I mean, I love the great. idea of and going somewhere and you never know what you're going to expect. It's just like that. I mean, it, it is a hoot. And the people are warm. The town's beautiful. It's a beautiful place. It's just so great. Yeah. It's a great trip. Oh, man. It is. All yeah. of Italy's great. I agree with you. I think Italy's such a special country. Very biased, but it's just a special place. <laughs> and especially growing up in this food environment, sure. Italy is like food. I always yeah. call it food heaven. I mean, the care that they give to food is just unheard of. And every aspect of food and eating. Jimmy Jimmy's a, a detail-oriented guy, you know, and he notices everything. And, you know, he's like, look at the glassware, how clean yeah. the glasses are. Look at the way the silverware is set and how, you know, everything is just so perfectly placed, huh. even in a rustic or a family-owned, yeah. it's just such a tension and so detail. Clean. This and restaurant, this beautiful white plate, and the food just sitting right in. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just, love that. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's just the beauty is a big thing. Wouldn't you yes. say aesthetics yes. is like a big yes. thing to the Italians, and it's a natural thing. It does. It just comes naturally, you know. And it's not all new and not all perfect. You know, they they love a crumbling ruin right here mm -hmm. and a nice plant right here and a beautiful <laughs> thing of food all together. Together, it makes a really nice picture. You know, and when nice people go to Italy, they're like, um, you know, if you go to the tourist centers, it's great because you see all these famous things and you can tell people what you saw when you got back. Right. But to me, it, it makes it so much harder to have a true Italian experience. Yeah. And I always say, 
did the restaurant, did the menu have English on it? Like, don't eat there. You know, that's one of the clues. Yeah. If there's anything yeah. like that, don't eat, do not eat at that place. Cause they're just going to be pandering to you sure. to what they think your tastes are yeah. and all stuff. And it's then, like, it's nice to see the Coliseum from the window of the McDonald's across the street. Yeah. That's yeah. not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you want to see those things because yeah, they're course. wonderful. Right. You have to see them. Uh, of course. Yeah. But, but it's like, it's, uh, it's like, uh, uh, and now the, like hearing all of this, I'm sitting here thinking like, oh yeah, that's just framing for the people who probably would be apprehensive about taking it, you know? A fly. I, I don't know. I'm a fly by the seat of your pants kind of person in general. So you would like, love it. Yeah. If you, if like, if right now you were like, do you want to go today? I'd be like, yeah, but cancel the meeting. I'm going. <laughs> like, I, and that's just who I am as a human. So I'm hoping, you know, that's also my role here, right? Is that I'm hoping I can encourage people to be more like that, where I'm just like, yeah, just try it, whatever. It's like, if it's a bad experience, it's like two seconds long and then you know, that's it. And then yep. you don't have to do it ever again. You know, maybe a long flight's not a good example there, but you get what I'm trying to I say, understand. you know? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Well, uh, this year, I, as you were talking, I went, uh, something came to mind. This year, we have, yeah. we have a new one. Uh, every year, I get with a bunch of buddies. They're they're part of a, like a social club. Mm-hmm. It's a private club, and they do a lot of benefits. You know, they raise money for people that that Amazing. need it. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, and um, and uh, they have like a permanent picnic grounds out in the country. You know, it's a, you go through the farms, you go out in the middle of the country, and they have a pavilion and you know a place to to hang out and there's a little church out there. It's like a nice thing. And my friends get, we go there together once a year when I'm there, but they get together more often. And we have like a steak cookout. Yeah. And a good friend of mine is a butcher and they get this great grass fed beef. And I'm out there eating the steak with my friends and it's just great. And again, there's like 80 of us sitting under a pavilion in the middle of wheat fields and corn fields all around us and orchards. And we're just out there drinking wine and eating the steak. And again, it's not just the steak. All of a sudden, there's gelato. All of a sudden, we're eating watermelons that were grown in the region for dessert. Like, yeah. wow. And just so wonderful. I can't explain it. And I thought, people would love this. They wouldn't associate this with being an Italian thing. Cooking steaks on a, on a wood fire in the middle. Of the, like, you know what? I'm going to make this part of the tour. Oh, so I made a, okay. I made a few okay. calls this year. And I said, hey, guys, can we do that for the Americans on the tour? Yeah. They're like, why not? So one night on the tour it. this year, that's wow. a new that's a new one. Oh, we're gonna cool. go out, we're gonna get on the bus, drive out a few miles into the country, and just all relax and, and my friends are gonna cook us uh, they're gonna cook us these uh, steaks on the grill and we're gonna have a, a Italian cookout. So I think it's gonna be wonderful. I you know? I'm incredibly jealous of them. That sounds wild. Yeah. I just it sounds like a beautiful evening. One of those indescribable moments that at the end of your life, you'll be like, you remember that one time? Yeah. And that's yep. why this trip is so cool because you have those experiences and then you're like, ooh, how can I let these the Americans have this experience? This is a truly Italian thing that's happening that no one would ever be yeah. able to tap into ever. It's kind of, yeah. And I, I personally want to, turn you on today. I personally want to show that to you. Right. And, you know, and that's why you have a small group and we do it once a year, yeah. you know, and it's very different than, you know, mass tourism. And even I can tell you a story about Anthony Bourdain, who, who was great, you know, but uh, I remember Anthony, they did a show uh, on Emilia Romagna one time, mm-hmm. this region. And I was scared because I thought, oh, he's going to let the cat out of the bag. Right. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, and <laughs> Americans are funny because if they see something on a, on a cookie show or on a travel show, they want to go exactly to the same spot, not understanding there might be other spots just like that. Mm-hmm. No, they want to sit where Anthony Bourdain sat. Right. You know? But anyway, this whole program, <laughs> he went to see Ferrari, the Ferrari factory, and he went yeah. to a high-end restaurant in Imola, and it was almost over. I'm like, oh, I escaped. He doesn't go to any of the places yeah. I went mm-hmm. to because I know it would create hysteria 
from American right. Tourist. And the last scene was he went to one of my places. Oh, no. Yeah, where I know the family. I've been going there again for 30 years with my friends. And I'm like, oh, no. And the, the next year that we went there as part of our tour, because it is one of our stops, this family also makes uh, a chetel um, balsamic vinegar. Oh. Um, it was the first time we'd ever encountered an American wow. at any of our stops. Well, because people saw the Bourdain show, and that's why they were there. I'm like, oh, it's still yeah. great, but it changed. Of course. It changed. So one of my jobs is to find these things, like the steak cookout. Right. Where it'd be hard to, to, to do that on your own, you know. So I recommend people. If that yeah. sounds interesting. Come on our tour. You know, sign up for uh, 2023 because it will right. fill up. Usually, like yeah, when Jimmy says, the day we announce it, it fills up. When do we start? Advertising that I don't know. I think it's in November. Okay. I think it's in the okay. fall. Yeah, that sounds right because so. I think I had Lee on the show right around that actually. Right. Um, yeah, amazing though, and it, it goes on in May, right? Yeah, it's typically around Memorial Day. Oh, perfect. And the weather there is perfect then. So Emilia Romagna is kind of a valley, and it has weather not unlike Ohio in the summertime. It can get hot and humid and mosquitoes. Right. But in the end of May, early June, it's just perfect. It's mm-hmm. usually just perfect. I love the way you described it too, where you've got a little coastal action, so I'm assuming it's a little cooler there, and same when you go up into the mountains. Yep. I just like the access yes. to mountains, personally. Um, one one hour, you're in the mountains. It's amazing. So, all right. Yeah, well, I'm moving, change. so. Okay, yeah. great. It's Let's been a great it. run on the yeah. show, Jimmy. I'm Thank you. I'm like, I'm like dreaming now. <laughs> My mind is elsewhere. I'm, I literally did the same thing when you started describing, you know, I'm just sitting there like, all right, I'm under the stars. We're eating nice grass-fed beef. We've got these fresh watermelons. Uh, yeah, I got lost in it. That's, uh, yeah, what a wonderful storyteller, too. Thank you, Don. I <laughs> yeah. appreciate Don it. Does a gr- his class is great. A lot of great stories. Don is a great personality up there, <laughs> for sure. I appreciate you taking the time to come tell us I, what you do and about your world. I'm happy oh to my be gosh. here. I appreciate you having me. Uh, anytime. I, I just, I'm just so happy I can come to the jungle and share these things and then bring people there personally. I mean, it's just a lot of fun. So thanks for having me. That's great. Yeah, thank you. Well, that's the show, everyone. You know, we've learned some really great things there. I think Jimmy had a couple great quotes. I really like the idea that difference between travel and vacation. And it's something I hope I can encourage you all to, you know, take part in by watching this show. However, in the meantime, I really want to hop in the pool behind me. It sounds refreshing. Would you all come to a pool party here? I kind of want to throw one. Hey, coming up on future episodes. I know this one was a long one. I just thought there was a lot of great information. Uh, I didn't want to break it up with a bunch of silly segments, but next week you can get excited for more silly segments. I got some deals, squeals. I got some imports versus domestics. I've got a really fun guest up next week talking about some of our pet care products. It's going to be awesome. Make sure you tell your friends, like, share, subscribe. You've watched YouTube videos before. And on that, I'll see you out there in the aisles. Unless I get in the pool first. And then I'll see you in the pool. And then later, I'll see you in the aisles. The Jungle Gyms podcast is recorded in the WJJI studio inside Jungle Gyms International Market in Fairfield, Ohio. The Jungle Gyms podcast is produced and hosted by Mark Borison.